Welcome back to another episode of On Notice. God is in the room, we're on the couch, and these are conversations that matter. Listen closely so you cannot say that you did not know. You are about to be put on notice. Welcome to episode 33 of On Notice Podcast. It's your girl, Sai. What's up, y'all? I'm Drew. And today we are talking about the basics of balance, and we are focusing in on relational. So if you haven't already, pause, go back, listen to spiritual, listen to physical, and then download the inventory so that you can follow along and be a part of the conversation. We'll give you a second. Okay, so now that you're back, it's time to dig in on relational. Drew, can you set the stage? What is the relational focus really about as we're thinking through the basics of balance? Galatians chapter five, verse 14 is grounding us in our relational focus. And the New Living Translation version reads, for the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And here at On Notice, we know that we are divinely designed for community. No man is an island. As each of us improves the relationships around us, we create small ripples that can be felt across the greater community. So as we unpack relational, I'm just interested in hearing from you, Drew, and like what, how was the process of going through this inventory specifically around relationships? Um, Was there anything that stood out to you um, as key relationships that you want to focus on over the next couple of weeks, months, et cetera? So by now you've already pressed pause and gone back to get caught up. And if you'll recall from a previous episode, um, I knew that the relational aspect of the inventory was going to be a little tough for me because although I have not really named it, I just experience in some of my relationships, like I'm just a little distant. And, you know, I I said that I needed to sit with it and unpack it. And I realized that even in doing this inventory, it's going to take, you know, a lot more time. So I'm grateful one, just to have the tool that forces me to sit back and think about who uplifts me and how much time I'm spending with those people, as opposed to those whom I'm uplifting or perhaps might drain me. And so I want to do a better job of just sitting and reflecting more often on the status of my relationships. But I will say going through it, I'm really excited to see like a consistent um, theme of a healthy relationship with my parents. And I know that when I was younger in this journey, like I saw so many differences between my parents and myself. And at this point in life, I think I I really am beginning to see them as true treasures and also noticing how I have the opportunity to 
pour back into them and to help them grow and evolve, which is, it's, it's an interesting dynamic because I often felt like entitled for my parents to shepherd me and to have it all together, but to understand that I am also sent here to give back to them and to understand that I'm actually doing that is, has been beautiful to see. So overall, I'm really, I'm really grateful for the space. And as we continue to talk today, um, I'm looking forward to just elevating some more things that I've learned along the way. But what about you? How did it feel for you as you sat down to reflect on the nature of your relationships? Yeah, I think uh, I had a couple of revelations, I think, but similar to what you said around just like familial ties and your parents, I was really, I wasn't actually very surprised, um, but I just recognized that in my family, I felt like I needed to like go out into the world, be great and like then come back and like try to build relationship and and try to uh, build bridges and and I'm just really excited to meet my family members exactly where they are um, and see their humanity and recognize that they don't have to be perfect um, and that nobody is perfect and that they're my greatest gift will be able to would be that if I was able to love them wholeheartedly and fully exactly as they are. So I just was in Atlanta and I got to see my dad um, and my grandmother and it was really emotional. Um, but I think for the first time in my life, probably I was with my father and I wasn't like feeling angry about the, like, I wasn't thinking about how like the gaps in my life where he wasn't there. I was really just acknowledging for him, for who he was in that moment. Um, and for the, the experience that he was going through with his mother at that time, and just really seeing his humanity and display there was really powerful. Um, and I'm just appreciative that I've been able to grow and evolve myself to overcome the negative feelings that I may have harbored in the past. Um, and I just recognize that like people, like your, your parents are people um, and they did the best they could with what they had and they're on their own journey. And you just have to acknowledge that and accept that and then love them through that in the same way that you hope people will love you through wherever you are right now. Um, and similar to what you said, Drew, about just feeling entitled to your parents needing to be the shepherds of your, of your growth and development. I felt like that too. That's kind of the narrative that's put on you. Like your parents are here to guide and to shape you and all of that. But it's like, at some point you're the grown up. you're a grown up, and you have to take that responsibility on for yourself. And then you have to give grace and forgiveness and love to, to your parents because it takes a lot to raise a human being. Um, and so I just, I'm, I'm sitting in that and I'm enjoying that space. And I feel very free and very able now to, to build and mend those, those relationships. Mm. Yeah, I just wanted to like lean into a couple of things that I heard you say there. It was interesting that you said like you felt this need to kind of go away and then come back, was it also like this need to have it together to like shoulder the needs of your family or, or what do you, you feel like was attributed to that? I think it's a little bit of that. It's a little bit of, um, you know, shouldering the needs of the family, being able to provide in that way, but also being able to show that like the efforts and the, the things that you did for me, the sacrifices that you made for me were worth it. And I 
Now I'm getting emotional, y'all. Ooh, not we emotional. Love, we love this. Uh, I cry. <laughs> don't act like you don't cry on this podcast, girl. Um, we do. Yeah, so I think yeah. we definitely do. I, I definitely do. Um, but I think part of it is mm-hmm. feeling like I needed to shoulder some some of that burden and being put together, but also to just show that like you invested in me as a human being. And I know that it was hard. And I know that you had your own life to live and all of that investment and all of that work was worth it. Um, and you can, and it's evidenced in, in my accomplishments and in who I am today. Um, but you know, that's definitely self-imposed because my family always is like, we're so proud of you and we love you. So it's just like, you know, it's you internalizing and deciding and thinking that you have to be this, this other thing when, you know, if you're fortunate in the way that I'm fortunate, your family loves you regardless and because of all of the things. So it's, it's a mix. Yeah. And I also just wanted to affirm that in both of us, the healthier that we become, the more grace naturally flows mm-hmm. from us for, uh, for our parents and, and for our fathers in particular. So yeah. it's, it's a lot of just full circle moments that it seems like you're, you're realizing with your family and that's pretty beautiful to, to realize. Part of the relational inventory is to think about how you give and receive love. Um, and, and really honing in on what makes you feel that you are loved. And so what was illuminated um, as you did that, that portion of the inventory drew? Mm. So I I perhaps may be a little self-centered because it was very, it was much easier for me to think about how I like to receive love than it was for me to think about how I give it. And Mm -hmm. that just, that could be by just sheer nature of the fact that people receive love differently. So it's not that simple, but you know, I, I reference it all the time. I think as, as an only child, I really value quality time, which is so weird because I've, I'm in an aloof season of my life, but I still feel like the people that I'm connected to really meet me very deeply and we can get to vulnerable spaces. And so perhaps I'm just more comfortable there. So I love moments of connection and just being without a whole lot of doing. I find that in giving love, I think I naturally affirm people and I like to speak life and kind of correct people's negative thoughts. And I also like to write notes, which is something that I'm very sporadic with. So, um, that's the the easiest way I think for me to express my love but so many people in my life also you know want quality time and it's so weird that I'm finding it more difficult to give when I know what it's like to crave it and so I'm like I said I'm still unpacking it but I think in in areas where like I'm most comfortable is when I can be myself and I don't feel the need to conform. I don't feel the need to enjoy things that I just don't enjoy environments that I just don't appreciate. 
And I think part of me kind of feels selfish in a way because in loving someone, it is meeting them, like you said, where they are and, and going into their world. And so I think I perhaps am struggling with what are boundaries and what are gives and takes of relationships, which I know sounds like very vague and mm-hmm. probably convoluted, but. No, I mean, I think that's clear. And one, so I just want to unpack a little bit. One of our questions is actually like, I feel most like myself when I am with, and were you able to find that space where you do feel like yourself? Oh, I, I put my therapist. Uh, <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I'm in my head a lot. And in that space, like I can process the things that I'm seeing. Um, and in a lot of ways, like from the people I love, I, I hide a lot of things that mm-hmm. trouble me um, just out of a desire to protect or not wanting to burden. And it's not like I have like a whole, a whole lot going on, but yeah, I think with my therapist is where I'm able to be most, most vulnerable. You're definitely on that list for sure. What about you? How did you, how did you answer that? (laughs) How did you answer that question? I put, I I feel most like myself when I'm with myself. (laughs) Mm, mm, Um, Yeah. And I think, I think it, it goes back to what you were saying about wanting to give people what they need. Um, and that isn't always how I feel most myself. Um, and so I find that, you know, when I can be alone and be in a quiet space, then I get to just exist and I don't have to be anything other than who I am in that moment. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't want to switch over to me just yet. I did want to, if, if you're all right, I wanted to go back because you mentioned just this idea of the difference between like boundaries and the give and take of relationships. And so I'm wondering, just like as I navigate that same space, what is a boundary that you're finding is really helpful versus what is something that you're seeing is more give and take um, and natural in in relationships, whether it be friendships, families, um, significant others, whatever the case may be. Mm. So, it's difficult to articulate, but I think a feeling of peace, and it doesn't necessarily mean that everything is like going right, but I'm one, like I can sense like deeply, like in my soul when I'm just not settled. Um, and like, I'm not one, you know, I don't understand like energy and vibrations. So I won't like, I don't understand that, but it could have something to do with it. You know, I want my soul to feel settled when I'm in an environment like I think there is so much to be said about what flows from our mouths and how much we spend time talking about other people um Mm -hmm. and I want to spend time talking about like ideas and you know adventure as opposed to Mm -hmm. what someone is or isn't doing um so yeah I think that and I think I'm, I'm a, I play a therapist role in a lot of my friendships. And so trying to figure out like how much I can take, you know, and versus when like I'm, I need to press pause on, on a conversation. So mm-hmm. the theme mm-hmm. of this episode for me is still processing, but that's what I have at this moment. I love that. 
I love that. I appreciate your transparency and vulnerability in sharing. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I, a couple of things that you said that resonated with me were the, the desire to talk about ideas and adventure and not to talk about people um, or whatever the case may be. And I just am finding that part of the reason why I won't, I enjoy being with myself is because often I'm in these situations where I am having to just like absorb conversations about other people or just like be on the receiving end of listening to that. And it isn't life-giving and it doesn't, it doesn't feel good. And so it's about, for me, one of the boundaries that I set is just like creating distance between myself and those, and those individuals. And then also, I think even before creating distance, I'm really, I'm in a space right now where I want to be transparent and honest with people as much as possible. And so when I'm in those situations, I find myself just being like, Hey, I enjoy spending time with you. And I'm so glad that we're talking, but I don't want to talk about this anymore. (laughs) And just naming that. And I think it's, it's sometimes jarring for people. And I of course do it with love and kindness, but you have to be willing to say what works for you and what doesn't. Um, and I'm, I'm really exploring that and I'm exploring it. I think what empowered me to do it was my work experience, my work life. Um, I've been really good at just like naming what's working for me and what's not working for me in that space. And I feel really empowered that it's going well and people are listening. And so I'm like, okay, I can do this everywhere. Um, so I've just sort of been carrying that through to other areas of my life. Um, and then as I was doing just the general relational focus, um, how I give and receive love. I think what you mentioned earlier about different people wanting to receive love in different ways. I think the way that I give love varies, but similar to you, I really do start with words of affirmation because I think that people can be really withholding um, of praise. <laughs> and and it's hard to navigate life when you feel like you're not necessarily, you don't know if you're doing well or you don't know how other people are perceiving you. So I like when I'm having conversations, especially with people that I'm just meeting or just getting to know to really, affirm them and to let them know that like, I am excited about seeing you. I am so glad to hear this, have this conversation with you um, or just affirming who they are and the things that they do and how they're showing up in the world when it is good things, you know, being honest about it, but when it's good things. Um, and then for me receiving love, I just used the sort of uh, love languages moments there. And I did acts of service is my like number one. And words of affirmation. Is that right? No. Quality time is my number two. Um, So also being really sensitive to the folks that I let into my space, um, recognizing that I want to spend quality time with the people that I love, but then thinking about what that means and am I going to feel uplifted after this quality time or am I going to feel drained after this quality time? and just being aware, it doesn't mean that just because I'm going to feel a little bit drained that I can't have that quality time, but it's like, what do I need to do to fill myself up before I go into these spaces so that I still feel full when I leave? Um, so I, I really just enjoyed spending time in the relational uh, portion of the inventory. Yeah, I want to just affirm um, like a boldness that I see in you and and you mentioned that it comes by way of you like setting boundaries in your work life but you know like an aha that I just had as you were speaking is that it's difficult to have authentic genuine relationships with anyone if 
the root is centered on people pleasing. Like the two yeah. cannot coexist. And I think it's something, I know I, I talk to my mom about this a lot, so I, I get it honest. And that is something that I'm gonna probably have to be working through for the rest of the year. And I know that it's it's a reflection that has come up often, but I don't really dive into it, the nature of it and what I want to do about it. But I think once that is tackled, it will allow me to enter more confidently and surely into speaking into like what, what I need and what I have to contribute in relationships and not letting that be driven by what I perceive to be others' expectations. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and that where you just said, like what you feel like you can contribute in spaces. Like, I think that is the key point. It's not about, I mean, obviously you want to be a good person and you want to acknowledge other people's needs, but you can only give what you were divinely created to give. And the more that you lean into that, the happier you feel, the better you're at, the better you do at it. Um, and people receive that and they're excited to, to be in spaces with you because they feel that you're in your genuine and authentic space as well. Um, I need, I need growth. Like I want to be pushed. I want to be challenged. I want honesty, you know, don't, don't allow me to be comfortable. Um, and I want fun, more fun and adventure and just overall lightness. That's what I'm looking for, um, from my friends. I think, again, this is perception, but shout out to the voice from the soundboard, but people like to kind of bounce ideas off of me or just allow me to listen and either A, tell, tell them like, I'm not crazy, right? Or I, I may be off base and like knowing that I will be the person that will, will speak honestly to them. Um, I wonder what else people come to me for. I didn't fill that one out. It's it's interesting also, like when I think about those who uplift me, I have a long list and those whom I uplift, it's a shorter list, which I know is not true, but At all. <laughs> yeah, I know it's not At true, all. but I don't know why I have to, I have to finish that part. It didn't come okay. as naturally. That's fair. And then you mentioned for what your friends need from you, you're saying more like a listening ear. Um, and yeah, like, listening ear. Ideas, like that's why they come voice like a voice of reason a you know a place for wisdom I'm not saying that I'm wise but I guess people think so you are wise you're wise um okay okay and are you how do you feel about each of those spaces what you need do you feel like you're receiving it what others need are you comfortable with continuing to be that for people? I know one thing people need from me for sure is to text them back and to call them back. So <laughs> you're laughing, but I'm so, yeah, that's so, that's such an easy thing. It's just like acknowledging that I have reached out to you and I'm not good at that. So people just, I think people need consistency from me. And so that's something that I, I would like to commit to is just at the very least, responding to people who reach out to me within 24 hours. I don't think that that's too much to ask. 
That's fair. Okay. Okay. I think personally, I'm realizing that I am, and, and this may be, this may be ADHD, but I'm an out of sight, out of mind kind of person. And so if you're not consistently in front of me, um, or we, we don't have some specific job or entity or thing that we're doing and common goal in that moment, then I'm just not, and it's not because I don't love you or I'm not thinking about you or I don't care about you. I just am not, my mind isn't, isn't there. And so I have found that I just want to do a better job in general of being consistent, like you said, for the people um, that I want in my life um, and who, who want me in their lives. Um, mm -hmm. And it's hard because I am from San Diego. I went to college in Texas. I lived in New York. And so the people and relationships that I've built are not in one place. They're all over. And so that's really out of sight, <laughs> out of mm -hmm. sight, out of mind. And so it's really easy to just, you know, be in my space where it's not that many people um, of my long old friendships, like they're not here with me. And it's really easy for me to just not check in with them, to not um, connect. But I really want to make sure that I do spend time doing that because I love y'all. Um, and I want to make sure that you you know that and you feel that. So I, I do rely on things like, um, Christmas cards and birthday gifts and things like that. Just so you know, like I haven't forgotten about you. I still think about you. I'm just doing life and uh, I don't, I don't know. So I, I, what I, what I put for what I need from my friends is like, if I haven't called you, but you have me on your mind, call me. If I haven't um, checked in on you, but you haven't heard from me, check in on me and I will reciprocate. And the more that I keep those lines of communication open, the more fluid it will be and the more consistent it will be. So with Drew, even though I have moved across the country, because we have those lines of communication open and because we're working towards a common goal together, I am able to be consistent with that relationship. Um, and so I just want to make sure that I'm doing that with all of my friends that are so dear to me. As they say in the church, so good, so good. <laughs> so good. So good. Um, yes, girl. I, I'm intrigued by this idea of a common goal, like a common purpose. I even think like shared values. I have, like, I'm going to a wedding next month. One of my good friends from like middle school and I like, we probably talk on our birthdays, but I love her. I love her deeply and I love her dearly. And I, I think a part of that is like, we are just both kind of like genuinely nice people who try to see the, the good as much as possible in others. And we kind of bond over that. Um, so I like the challenge to to be more curious about my my friends in a new way and explore the the ties that bind us beyond mm -hmm. just space and time absolutely and it's just you know I think you know there's that meme it's like you don't know me like I I have met myself over and over and over again and I mm -hmm. think that's true of friendships as well like who you met when you first became friends is not necessarily who they are right now. And so there's an opportunity to re-meet them, to learn about what they're going through now and like how life is 
uh, evolving for them. And, and again, back to what you said, what their values are, that thing that they're striving for um, and what those ties might be um, that y'all can connect over. So that, that is very exciting. So one of the things on our inventory is just the, the time that we give ourselves to reflect on the quality of our relationships. How often do you say like you go through this type of process of reflecting on your relationship specifically? Yeah, and I think again, because I'm the out of sight, out of mind person, um, it's really, I think once a quarter, it probably becomes like, oh, did I reach out to such and such? Or saying, I realize I haven't talked to so-and-so in a minute. Um, and so I'll do a better, just like send a meme. <laughs> Sometimes I'll send them a meme. Um, Cause it's like, also, I don't necessarily have time to like, I also want to have real conversation and I yeah. don't want to just be like, how are you? Oh, I'm good. How is it? How I got, like, I want to dig deep. And so I know that sometimes I don't have time to do that, but I am thinking of you. And so I've been also being transparent and saying like, I know I've been MIA, but I'm thinking of you. And I hope that things are going well. Um, and just know that I, I love you and that I care about you. Um, and so I'm just sending those kind of texts, but I think probably once a quarter, you know, when there's like a big holiday, somebody's birthday, um, between, between Christmas and then there's like Valentine's day. Like there's enough things that are going on throughout the calendar year to like remind me to like check in with people, but it might not be enough time for me to like really dig deeply with all of those people. Um, so yeah, maybe at least four times a year, I'll, I'll take stock of where I'm at. Mm, that's good. Far, far more often than I do. I know I typically pause when I'm experiencing like a breakdown in a relationship and that will just cause me to like press pause and look around and kind of see where I'm at with people. Um, so that will probably be like on a cri crisis basis. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things, ooh, I want to make sure I don't lose it. Oh, one of the things that you said that uh, that is resonating with me is like, you might call somebody and be like, how are you? And that that question these days, like, how are you is a very loaded question. And I don't want to, I don't want to be like, oh yeah, like I'm fine. Or, you know, I might say like, oh yeah, I'm yeah. fine. Um, and somebody else might respond as flippantly and, and that may not be the case. And so I also am going to like link in the show notes, an article that just talks about different ways that you can engage people and like feel them out beyond that might open up room for conversation beyond how are you I love that one of my favorite things to ask is like what's something good that happened today because then I also am like setting the tone of like I'm have I want to have a conversation about good things in this moment if I have the, yeah. the capacity for it um and it gives people I don't know that people spend a lot of time thinking about like the the thing mm -hmm. they should be grateful for in the day. So then it gives them the opportunity to practice a little bit of gratitude. Then I get to practice the gratitude because of course you're gonna reciprocate in the conversation. So that's one of my favorite non, how are you? How are you greeting? Yeah, well, one of the things that I do with my little one when I pick him up from school is I ask him um, like what opportunity he had to be kind or helpful mm. or something that made him laugh today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I before love we that. go into the folder and see what happened. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. They're still doing that? Yeah, girl, they're still doing it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Any other things as we are coming to a close of this episode? Any other things from the relational um, component of the inventory that are standing out to you that you really want to make sure we dive um, into and talk about for the good of the group? 
Uh, I want to just elevate that, you know, the inventory will just push all of us to create a plan of some sort and just speaking to what, what we mentioned earlier in the episode that as we became healthy, our relationships with our loved ones are becoming healthier. And so, so we just want to encourage everyone to go back to the inventory and think about that plan that you want to put in place to show up as a better friend, as a better sister, brother, loved one, son, daughter. And I know for me, as I said before, like I, I just need to get back to people. And if you are listening and I have not texted you back, please know that I love you and I absolutely could do better. Um, and I want to get back to something that I love doing and that's just writing cards and encouraging myself to do that every weekend. Hmm. So I'm curious to know how, um, how you're leaving this conversation, what you're thinking about as it relates to your relationships or what plan you want to put in place. Yeah, I mean, really, you said it well, actually connecting, actually getting back to people. Um, that's really important. I think for me, having done the inventory of like, it's sort of an audit of my friendships of just like, who, who am I uplifting? Who is up uplifting me? And then just acknowledging that and spending time. And, and I've done this before where I just like literally put one person on my calendar every single week, because I, I know I can't commit, I can't commit to more than that. Um, and actually be successful in it at this time in my life, but at least once a week, making sure that I've reached out to someone. Um, and that still means that people might not hear from me except for once a month. But that's more than not hearing from me at all because out of sight, out of mind. So if I've noticed what I've decided to do is to put people's names back in my calendar um, so that it is in my sight and therefore it's on my mind. And I'll make sure that I say something, reach out to them, check in on them um, and just see, see how life is um, and how I can continue to, to be a resource and a friend for them. Um, and then in particular for my family relationships, really just spending time getting to know each of them as real people and not as the title of sister, mother, father, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. We did it. Another episode in the books of the On Notice podcast. Therefore, as always, we need you to follow us on all social media platforms at On Notice Brand. Visit our website, onnoticebrand.com and download the inventory so that you can be a part of this work with us and travel on this journey alongside us. And then once you've done those things and you have some really great feelings about this podcast, go online to wherever you're listening to your podcast and subscribe and rate and review and then share it with your friends so that more people can travel alongside us in this work. All right, y'all. Love and light. I'm Drew. And it's your girl, Sai. And you have officially been put on notice. notice.